Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. God, we thank you for, again, just uh, the reminder as we sang that song, which is from your scripture, your word, Lord God, that because you so loved the world that you sent your son. And God, we realize that it is because of that that we are able to have relationship with a holy and awesome God. And God, that is what uh, all of us, all people truly long for, whether they realize it or not, is, is to be in relationship with their creator. And so God, we are thankful that you are here in our midst today. We are thankful that you are again here uh, just with us as we prepare our hearts, Lord God, to hear your word. God, we ask Lord that you would truly speak to us today and God, that you would speak to us in a way that changes us. And so God, we just thank you again just for this beautiful setting, this beautiful day you've given. We recognize you here in this place in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. Um, good morning. It's good to have three of you here today. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> this mic's on, isn't it? Um, sometimes I actually say what I think, and it gets me in trouble. But no, it's good to be with you all today, and it's, it's good just to see all of you, and we do have a, a wonderful, a beautiful day today. Um, I hope uh, some of you that follow us on, on Facebook, on social media, saw some of the pictures uh, from yesterday. We did have quite a good turnout. There was a special ceremony in town here for 9-11, uh, remembering that at the fire station here. Uh, a number of us were able to be a part of that and attend that, and so it was really um, a, a real a pretty powerful moment, actually, as, as we remember uh, 20 years later um, that day. And I'm really glad today that we can actually be gathered here on the 12th, the day after, right? Because 20 years ago, the day after 9-11 was, again, 9-12, September 12th, and that was the day, at least in my lifetime and perhaps in everybody here, uh, just a, a day that we saw our country truly become united that we as Americans were united, that our differences were pushed aside and we came together and we saw people coming together to help one another, uh, to, to journey with one another. Um, it's just, there's, those stories are out there and I would encourage you to read those stories and, and to be reminded of what it is uh, to be an American and to, to have the privilege to live in this country. Um, again, having lived overseas for uh, many years and at many different places, um, this is truly an amazing nation. And the, the one big thing and, and that we have that many don't have is freedom, is our freedom. And so we have the freedom to be out here in our lawn this morning to worship God uh, without you know, concern of somebody coming here to arrest us, uh, not having to meet in secret. And, and these are freedoms that are uh, truly amazing and significant and really unique uh, in a lot of ways to our country. So I just I hope that you will find those stories, that you will look to be that person, and, and as we truly ask God uh, to help us be united once again, because it's only God that really can bring us together, isn't it? Left to ourselves, <laughs> we just have a gift of messing things up, don't we? <laughs> we just seem to get, our, get in our own way sometimes, but, but God is with us, and God is present, and God is moving, and so uh, we can be thankful in that today. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles or, or your phones to the Gospel of Matthew. And, you know, one thing I, I wanted to share, just kind of a little, I don't know, pull back the curtain a little bit into uh, pastor world, if you will. Um, you know, as a pastor, when, when we see things happening uh, around us, when we see people hurting, we see people working through challenges, especially on the scale I think we're all currently in, um, you know, we're, we try to really pray, at least, you know, I know and my friends, you know, we try to ask God, God, what is, 
what is the approach here? What, what should we preach on? We don't, we don't chase things down necessarily, but at the same time, we don't want to be so disconnected from what's happening that we're not, you know, speaking into the situation from the standpoint of what Scripture says. And so, you know, understanding that, you know, as a pastor also, you know, it's not always about what you're going through individually. Like, I don't, you know, if I'm having a bad week and I, I, I don't, like, prepare my sermon to preach just to myself. Does that make sense? I, we're thinking about, you know, the community and, and the congregation as a whole and what God has for all of you. Now, some of that will come through, obviously, you know, in, in this messages. But we're always, you know, we're never preaching just a personal message for ourselves up here. We're preaching a message that we really believe God has for everyone. And so, you know, as I've talked to many people um, and, and even dealt with some things myself, you know, as we continue to find ourselves in just challenging situations in the times we're living, um, I, I allowed myself to go back to a very challenging time uh, while we were overseas in, in Kuwait. And, uh, you know, there was, there was some messages, some sermons I had preached during that time. And, you know, I came back to this one and I really, uh, you know, it struck a, a chord and resonated with me. And I really felt like it would be good for us just to, to go there today together. And so I wanted to share this again. I've, you know, adapted and adjusted some things and, you know, spruced it up a little bit for all of you today. So it's not just a total repeat, but I, I thought it was really applicable. And I wanted to just share that with you. And so uh, today I want to go to where Jesus uh, gives his uh, Sermon on the Mount. And it's a very famous address that he gave. Uh, and at the Beatitudes, as some of you know them, are, are in there. And that's where I want us to take a look. And the, the, que the, the title of today's message, or kind of the big idea, is, is simply to see God. And, you know, we say that and, you know, is it figurative? I mean, can we actually see God or, you know, and I think if, if most of us were to kind of boil things down in our life right now, you know, in one sense, we just, we would just love to really see God in every situation. To see God moving, to see where his hand is at work, to see how he's bringing about things. And I think if we look at things and we, 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 can, we can really see, truly see God and see what he's doing, even in the midst of the most challenging of times. Amen. And I don't know if you've experienced that in your own life. I, I I'm, would hope that you have. Um, but that even in the most difficult circumstances, we can truly see God at work. And so um, today in Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to begin by reading verses uh, 1 through 16 as we get started here and jump in. So ch uh, chapter 5, verse 1. So seeing the crowds... He went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and opened, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste... How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, 
but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for your word. We thank you for this time today. I ask you to speak to our hearts, God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you um, just will challenge us, Lord, in, in areas of our life that need to change in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to uh, dial in on is, is that one, the one phrase, I mean, again, you can... We can preach a whole sermon series, and maybe we will someday. You probably heard a sermon series on the Beatitudes. But I want to dial in on chapter, or sorry, chapter 5, verse 8, which is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, again, the, that word blessed or blessed, um, it, it means it's, it's more than just, um, it's more of a state of being than just something that we have. You know, some people say, you know, if you have a bunch of stuff or maybe financially you're doing well, and we say we're blessed, you know, or even as a nation, we're blessed. Well, we know that it goes far beyond just finances or possessions, but it's really a state of being. And, and it's in, in, in the definition, and uh, according to the Greek word, it, it means to be highly favored. Um, and that's what it's characterized by. And so again, you know, to have that understanding when, when, when Jesus was saying this is to be highly favored by God. Now, again, I don't know about you, but that is something I would love as to be a title on me, right? I mean, anybody here want to be highly favored by God? Yeah, I think that's always a good place to be in. And so again, you know, that, that there's, it's this idea carries with it this weight that this is uh, something more than just what we have, but it's a state of, of being and who we are. And so, for example, in verse four there, you know, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, in a, in a state of mourning, we can still be highly favored by God. We can still be, uh, be loved by God and know that. And so that's the way that we are able to experience that and why it can be said. But again, dialing in on this in verse eight here, to, to see God, you know, again, in times of hurting, in times of challenge and pain, we just desperately want to see our Heavenly Father. We want to see, see Him, or we long to see Him, um, or we should long to see Him. Um, anybody been to a doctor before? Okay, you guys are really healthy. That's good. Um, yeah, if, we, if you go to a doctor, you know, if you imagine walking in, and especially if you've ever been kind of really sick, like I remember in the Army when I would get sick, and the thing was, if you were going to miss formation that morning, you had to go to what's called sick call. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is get out of bed and go somewhere, you know, to, to see a, a physician, an army doctor especially, um, and, and so they can say that I'm sick, right? <laughs> and so you just want to stay in bed and relax. But when you get really sick, you, you want to go see a doctor, right? And when you walk into the waiting room, has anybody experienced where the doctor is just standing there in the waiting room waiting for you, like to walk in? I, again, I don't think so. That's probably not the case. You know, what do you have to do? You have to go in there. You got to sign in. If it's your first time there, Lord help you because you're going to fill out like a phone book's worth of paperwork, right, to get all done. And so, so what? So that you can go in to see the doctor. Then you're going to sit down. And I don't know how your doctor is, but a lot of my experience is they make waiting rooms with magazines and televisions for a reason because you're going to sit there for a while, right? You know, even if you have an appointment and he gets backed up or she gets backed up, you're going to be sitting for what? To see, to get in to see the doctor. Now, again, they're here, you know, where we're talking about today, about seeing our Heavenly Father, much that same way, you know, we have a willingness when we go to see our physical doctor to be patient and to wait in the waiting room and to go through the process to get in to see the doctor. Well, the same is with God our Father. 
that there is a there is a process, if you will, there's a waiting sometimes as we move into uh, getting into the, the place where he is. And, and we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, for example, take, take Psalm chapter 24 and listen to how this is worded, verses three through six. It says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Now get that picture in your mind. We're not descending a hill. We are ascending. Does, does that sound like it's going to be easy necessarily? <laughs> Anybody ever walked up a steep hill? Yeah. I mean, even maybe coming up the hill in the parking lot was a challenge for you this morning, you know? It's going uphill is very different than going downhill. But that, so there's, there's this idea that we need to ascend the hill of the Lord. And it goes on, and who shall stand in his holy place? So there's a, an, an ascension of going up this hill, uh, 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 you know, kind of, I hate to say work, but, you know, it may take a little bit. And then to go into the holy place where the Lord is. And it goes on, it says, he who has clean hands and a what? A pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation, such as the generation of those who seek him and who what? Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Now again, there's, there's this, this picture, this image of, of a, a process of moving in and to being able to see God uh, where he is and seeking his face and not just his hand. And so we bring us, it brings us back to this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so let's just take that phrase now, pure in heart. Pure in heart is, you know, it's a pretty kind of broad phrase. I'm sure we all have different images in our mind of what that, that means. If we're pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart. You know, again, the heart that's being spoken of here is not the, the pumper inside you right now moving blood around your body, Right. It's talking about your inner person, your eternal being, the, the, the one that was created by God. It's, it's the one inside of us that, that no one else sees but God. Another way to describe it is, is much like these trees here. You know, we know that below the ground there are roots, right, of, for these trees that keep them alive. And they, it makes them be able to stand, withstand storms, and it produces their fruit. Everything comes from those roots, and it produces the visible branches that we see. Even this one over here with the weird little ball things on it. I don't know if you saw that, but it's interesting. You should take a look. Uh, if you're online, sorry, you're going to have to come by. Um, but also another way to say it is there's uh, an inward purity versus an outward purity. And this is kind of what we saw with the Pharisees, right? They had this outward appearance of holiness. They had this outward look that they were, you know, in a certain place. But again, Jesus time and time again hammers them because inside is where they had lost and, be and become dirty and had come to a place that was not pure. In um, the study notes in the ESV of this, this verse from Psalm 24, it, it, it explains it this way, clean hands equals right deeds. But listen to this, clean hearts equals right motives. Clean hands equals right deeds, but clean hearts equals the right motive. And if you remember last week, I mentioned Cain and Abel, right? And they brought their offerings. What did it come down to? It wasn't the, the, what the, it was that they were offering, was it? It was the, the place their heart was in towards God. And so again, it's about having these pure hearts, in 1 Timothy 1.5, it says, The aim of our charge is love uh, that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And again, you could almost substitute pure for all of those. You could say a pure heart, a pure conscience, and a pure faith. 
Psalm 51, verse 10, as many of you know, maybe we've sung this, create in me a clean heart. So there's something about the state of where we are here that carries weight beyond what we see on the exterior. If I ask the question today, you know, if, if, if there's currently someone here in adultery or fornication, the, the answer would probably be no for, for most of us here. I, I would hope that it is. But if I told you that this would not be acceptable in the sight of the Lord, you might say, well, what do you mean? And again, throughout the Gospel of Matthew, there's some verses here I'll share real quick. It says, you know, you have heard that it's said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say that everyone who looks on a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his what? Heart. <laughs> in his heart. Matthew 12, in verses 33 through 34, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, again, Jesus is speaking to his favorite group, the Pharisees. And he says, How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Again, Another verse in Matthew 15, it talks about the people honor the people. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in 1 Samuel, it says, For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. And so can we all agree, I think, today? I think we can all nod and say yes, just don't nod off all the way. But we can nod today and say yes. God is looking for something beyond what is here on the exterior. He's not impressed necessarily by our actions and what we do. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me, I can become a little prideful, you know, when I'm, I'm serving or I'm volunteering my time and, and doing, you know, some, some really nice things for people and helping people. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, what's, but what's my motive? What is, what is the reason? Is it to be noticed? Is it to be seen? You know, is it to, to make it, you know, in lights, my name in light somewhere? Or is it just simply because I love God, I'm going to love this person? Because I love God, and if this person doesn't know Jesus, I want them to see Jesus in me, that they would know Jesus. Not that they would see me, but that they would see Christ in me. And so it comes again down to where is our heart when we are, are, are doing these things? You see, but the, the reality is, is that people try to skip the steps of purifying our heart, right? Why? Because it's, it's not easy to, when somebody holds a big mirror in front of us, is it? You know, if you're married or if you're in a, a friendship or whatever it is, and, you know, it's, 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 we can probably come up with a laundry list of the person next to us of the things that they're wrong, right? Guys, just keep looking at me. <laughs> Don't actually look at the... Don't look at your spouse. I see some of you turning over. I want you to have a good lunch later, so don't do that. Um, but what, what is it? You know, it's, it's easy to see the, the, the shortcomings in other people, isn't it? But it's hard <laughs> when we have to hold up the mirror and look at ourselves, right? And see those, see those warts, see those things in us that just, you know, we, we've struggled with and we try to hide and cover but that's what happens is, is, is God simply, and he doesn't want to expose it just for the sake of making us feel horrible. He wants to expose it so that we can deal with it and we can let him deal with it. And again, bring us to a place where we can come into his presence to be with him. And we see this in, the, in Exodus, if you remember. You know, again, God wanted his people. Moses led the people out to what? To come to Mount Sinai to what? To be with him. And what did they do? When they got there and they saw the smoke and they saw the thunder and they're like, oh, snap. 
this isn't good. I, I'm not going up there because I'm going to die because God does not mess around. You know, you cannot walk into God's presence casually. And so they're like, Moses, you go. <laughs> you go, you do your thing, get the message and bring it back to us, right? And so they stay down. And as, as Moses is up on the, the mountain, you know, with God and getting the Ten Commandments and, you know, everything else, you know, in God's presence, the people were down there just, they were praying and helping, right? Was that what they were doing? They were, you know, just seeking God. They were, no, they were having a party. They were, you know, doing really bad things. They built this golden calf, right? <laughs> it's amazing. As, as Moses is up there seeking God's face, seeking God's, um, you know, uh, his hand and his, his, his uh, interaction with his people, yet the people are out there doing their thing. So purifying our heart is not simple or easy, but it is worth it, isn't it? It's worth it. Why? Well, let's look at the second part of this, this scripture that we're looking at today. Blessed are the pure in heart for what? For they shall see God. They shall see God. And this is the good news. This is the good part, right? This is the good part. Again, November's coming up and um, everybody knows what comes at the end of November towards the end, right? That's my anniversary. No, just kidding. No, it is my anniversary, but no, Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving. Anybody heard of Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. And how many love Thanksgiving? I do. You know, yeah, I love it. Why do we love it? Because the, I think, I don't know, maybe you like the historical value. I like the food, right? Um, I, I kind of miss the days when I was uh, a single guy in the military and at the church, and they all felt really bad because I was far from home. And I had like four or five stops lined up. You know, these families would invite me over. And I was like, I'll be there. I'll be there. Now, by the last one, I was... I was hurting. I, well, I'm not going to lie, but the food was so good, and I survived to tell the story. But about Thanksgiving, though, is it was so wonderful is the food. And so, you know, when we walk in to, to a home, to whether or maybe we're in our own home, and Thanksgiving, the turkey's cooking, and all the fixings are cooking, and it just smells amazing, doesn't it? Now, imagine <laughs> if you just got those smells, and then you're like, get the food out, and you just throw it in the trash. I just, I just wanted to smell it, you know? That's all I needed was just to smell it, you know, maybe look at it a little bit, and, but I, I, don't, I don't need to actually eat it. Anybody ever done that? I hope not, because we would have to pray for you because there'd be something really wrong. No, what, what is the whole purpose of the smell and, and, and all that? It's to, to taste it, right? To get to the dinner table. That's what we're all waiting for. You know, most, most of you probably watch my team. You know, the Lions lose most Thanksgivings, but... Um, right? I know. Yeah, thanks for that. But it all leads up to the, to the moment of, of, of getting to partake in this meal, right? And so it's the same way, again, imagine us, you know, purifying our hearts. What for? It's, it's so that we can see God, so that we can be in God's presence. It implicates both seeing a, a portion of God now, and, and know this, this is not some distant thing when we go, you know, into eternity, that we get to see God. We can see God now. We can see God moving and, and doing things now, not just at a point in the future. You know, this now is, is simply, you know, we are allowed into God's presence now. We are allowed into God's presence. Think about that for a minute. And what does that look like? What does that mean to be in God's presence now? 
It means that as, as we allow, you know, God and, and through Christ and the work of the cross that we are been, have been given a way to come into God's presence. But how many of us stop short? How many of us stop short with just the, the smell but without tasting? <laughs> now means that we can be in awe of his glory now. Now means be, we can become aware of his grace now. I mean, the grace of God is, is so amazing. Because I don't know for you, but for me, again, I should not be standing here today. I should not be here in this place today because, again, I had done everything in my life to wreck it, maybe like many of your stories. But by God's grace, he brought me in. By God's grace, he continued to carry me forward and bring me to this place now. Again, if it, with this image or this thought in our mind of what the temple was and what it looked like, but there was a holy place, an, an, an outside courts, if you will, but then the priests would go into where? The, the holy of holies, to where the presence of God was. And this was the significance when Jesus died on the cross. Again, it said that the veil was rent, and it was rent from top to bottom. It was torn in two. What does that mean? That God opened that veil up now to give access for us to come into God's very presence. And so, you know, I want to encourage you today to be reminded of that, that if you're struggling today or if you're hurting today or if you have questions today or you're kind of just feeling overwhelmed today, the place you need to go to, the, the place you need to be is, is in God's presence. Again, we, this is great. You know, we, we gather together. We, we, we have life groups and, and we do that. We do life together and you need that. You need that community. But it all starts and our, our heart and our passion is simply to be with God, to be in his presence presence. You see, we see the desire of Moses, as we mentioned in Exodus, that his desire was to see God's face. <laughs> I don't know if you've read through there or have heard that before, but he asked God, God, show me, you know, I want to see you. And what did God say? He's like, I can't, <laughs> you can't. There's no way that your flesh could actually be able to handle my glory and how awesome and amazing I am. And so he kind of tucks Moses in and it says he kind of shows his backside or just, you know, like the, the shadow of, of him as he passes by. And even still, when Moses comes down the mountain, it says his face shone like the sun. It was, it was, he was changed just by that glimpse. But Moses sought to, to see God, to know God because he loved God. And he didn't care about the rest. And we see this, this tremendous contrast between Moses and the people at the bottom of the mountain, right? We see Moses at the top of the mountain, and, and he again, he, 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 he wanted to be with God. But Moses also wanted God to be present with his people, with the people of God. But the people of God wanted to just worship God from a distance, you see, they wanted more of what God could do for them than they wanted to simply be with him. And so that's a, you know, a question for you today is, is with your walk with God, are, are, you, are you desiring to just be with God? Or are you desiring what God can do for you first? What is the priority in your life? And I say that, you know, again, for myself as well. Like, what is it? What is it that I, I long for? Is it just stuff? Is it, is it for maybe some pain to be alleviated in my life? Some suffering, some discomfort? Or is it simply to know God's presence, to know God, 
right? To know God, and, to, and, that, and that's enough. Because that's where everything starts from. I truly believe that sometimes we get worn out is because we are trying to do things on our own. We're trying to do things in our own power. We're trying to do things from the place, from, from just the, the wrong place in our heart because we've failed to address this in here. You see, again, it's all about where your heart is. It's all about where you're coming from in here because we can get into these modes, right? Because God can call us to do something, whether it's as a church or as a, a, an individual. And we can do that thing because why? Because we know that God is, is in it and that our heart is, is pure and we're doing it for the, with the right motive. But then what happens is we can get sort of locked into just the action and soon or slowly the, the heart sort of becomes disconnected from it, doesn't it? And this, this happens all the time. This can happen anywhere. Look at the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees always get a bad rap, and, and rightfully so in one sense. But I'm pretty sure most of them started out as devout followers of God, right? They, they, were, they studied the law. They wanted to know the word. They wanted to know God. You know, they would, they, would, they would do that because they were in relationship, if you will. But somewhere along the way, their heart became disconnected. They stopped dealing with in here, and they, just, they worried about the outward appearance. And so today... Again, I just want us to be reminded that it is those of us that are pure in heart that will truly see God. And my prayer for our, the congregation, our congregation here, is that we would truly see God moving at work, and that we would experience his presence in a very real and powerful way. Because that's what this world needs to know. You know, they can come into our church and they can know our community and they can know you know, our, our worship service and whatever, songs by the fire, all these things, and those things are good. But at the end of the day, isn't our heart to, that these people would know God, that they would have a personal relationship? Why? So that their heart can change. And they can begin to know God in a real and powerful way and see his face, if you will. So as we prepare to, to wrap up here, I just want to come back to this thought and this idea of this, this idea of being pure in heart, and that is the prerequisite for seeing God and experiencing God's grace and comfort. You know, one of my favorite memories uh, when Joshua was, he was younger, and he still, he still, you know, he still likes me to like cuddle with him and stuff like that. I probably shouldn't say that out, out loud because it probably embarrass him, but he's not here, so it's okay. He's inside. But, um, yeah, he's just, he, he loves being with me. I, I love it. You know, he's, he, he's a great kid. But when he was younger, it was always interesting. Uh, I remember, like, I think he was probably maybe two or three. And, you know, he would want to take naps with me. And I thought I could do really well. I would, I'm, I'm a good leader in that, right? I'm like, let me show you. I still do that today. I'm like, tell Leanne all the time, like, hey, if you need me to, if we need to take a nap together, I'm your guy. I can take the baby and we'll nap like champs. Um, and so, you know, I just try to lead by example. Um, but with Josh, you know, we would always lay, we'd lay down to take a nap or something. And, you know, at one point, like, you know, we'd have kind of the, the big light off. There'd be like a small light on in the corner, but it was kind of dark in the room. But it was always interesting because he wanted, he always would try to find my face. You know, he always had his hands like on my face, even from a young child, because he would want to know where my face was. And he always just had to be like close, right? I don't know if you've had a kid like this. 
you know, and they want to just like be right up against you all the time when you're trying to nap or something. And that was how he was because he, he wanted to feel my presence. He wanted to know that I was right there. And at that age, too, it's the beauty, beauty of it all is he wasn't necessarily seeking me to get to my wallet or to buy him. Now, now it's changed, you know. Um, so, you know, it, 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 I, I go back to those days and I, I kind of miss those. But, um, but it was just the pureness of his desire to simply be with me. And as many of you know, if you're parents or if you know little kids, if, if, if a little child wants to just be with you and they're like that, your wallet just kind of just falls out, doesn't it? I mean, it's just, you're willing to do anything because there's this, the purity of, of that relationship and just that desire to be with you, to be in your presence. And so I love going to that place and thinking about that because, again, that really is sort of a picture of how we're supposed to be with God. Seeking God, again, even when we can't quite see, but looking for his face, seeking, seeking his presence, just to know that he's close, to know that he's there, and just to, for the simple fact that because we love him and we just want to be with him. And so I, I bring all that to you today with the understanding, you know, that again, we're, 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 just, we're living in some interesting times, aren't we? To put it lightly. I've, people I talk to, people I pray with, you know, they just feel like this, this is different than it's ever been before. We're just kind of in our uncharted territory. And it can be scary. And it can be um, concerning. It can be, you know, whatever. Because Why? Because we want to know exactly where it's going, how we're going to get there, what's happening. But a lot of us find ourselves in places where we're just not sure. And so with that, I want us to come back to this, this, this idea and this thought. And that's my prayer for you today, to take what you take from this time today, is to come back just to simply seeking God's face. You know, again, getting back to coming to the word of God, being in the word of God, and say, God, I just, I just want to be with you today. Because I know that whatever may be on the horizon for me today, whatever challenges may come today, whatever, I'm gonna, whatever news, bad news I'm going to get today, as long as I have you, <laughs> the rest will, will work itself out, right? Not necessarily saying it's going to be easy. <laughs> you know, we know, as we've talked a few weeks ago of, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan right now that are uh, facing tremendous persecution. But they don't have control over it, do they? What they do have control over is the simple fact of, God, I, I just need you right now in my life. I need to know that you're close to me. I need you to give me the strength. And sometimes even those prayers, and it's, it's, I can't even imagine praying this, but Lord, let me die well today for your name and for your sake. I mean, I pray that none of us ever have to pray that prayer. But that prayer challenges me. <laughs> That even in those, when we, if, if, if in those moments where your life here on earth is, is towards its end, that you simply just want to be in God's presence, that you want to honor God in your last moments. And that, church, is, is, it should be a challenge to all of us today. So whatever it is you're facing, God's got it. <laughs> it's not surprised God. It's God's not like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. God's got it figured out. He sees it from beginning to end, from an eternal perspective. And if you'll draw close to him and you trust him and you allow him to purify your heart, 
Make sure your heart is in the right place and you will see God's hand through it all. If you remember uh, in that last sermon on, on, on Acts, right, with Stephen, and he looked up and he saw, he saw God. He saw the Lord in heaven. And that's our prayer today is just, God, show us, Lord, where, where it is you'd have us go and what you'd have us do. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for, Lord, your word. I thank you for this message today as a reminder, God, as a reminder, Lord, that it simply comes back to seeking your face. And again, Lord, it's you know hard to maybe see that or understand that to be figurative, Lord God, but it is. It's, it's just simply to seek you, Lord, with all our heart. And Lord, that that your presence would be enough, that you being near to us would be enough. God, as we think of the imagery, Lord, in the Psalms of, of you being our shepherd and leading us, the best way that works is when, we, when we're close to you so that you can lead us and that you can guide us. And when we get, us, when we get into trouble, we, we tend to stray a little bit, Lord God, we know that, that you come for us because you love us so much. Not because we're so lovable, but because, God, you are so good and so loving. So, Lord, I just pray for each person here. I pray for those, Lord God, who, again, are, are struggling right now just to, to make sense of things. They find themselves in, in, in uncharted territory with uncertainty. God, I pray, Father, that you will continue, Lord, just to, um, to meet them in those places. God, as you met us, Lord, when you first called us, God, you met us in the place where we were. Not that we could obtain something or somehow get to you on our own, but God, you met us. And so God, I thank you for that. So God, I just pray, Lord, that each person here today would just know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that they would be close to you. And Lord God, as, as we continue to worship together and as we move through this week ahead of us, Lord God, that we would again continue, Lord, to make a priority, Father, of moving from that place on the outside, from moving from that waiting room, if you will, to the place of where you are. And God, we would be willing to do that. So God, we recognize the fact, Lord, that we cannot do it on our own. God, we recognize, Lord, that we truly do need you in every single moment of every single day. Forgive us, Lord, where we uh, Lord, take things into our own hands and think that we can just do it on our own, which, again, I am guilty of, and I know many of us would say the same. God, let us truly learn to trust you for everything and in every step. And God, that you would meet us in every moment, Father. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.